Hey everybody, welcome back into Ryan Field, or high above Ryan Field. We are rescuing Jeremy Birmingham from the elements outside, and we are going to do snap judgments inside, up in the press box, after Ohio State beat Northwestern and Mother Nature 21-7. <laughs> That's Bill Landis, I'm Austin Ward. Of course, that is Jeremy Birmingham. Uh, look, <laughs> I know that the uh, cliche approach here is survive in advance, and when you have um, some pretty epically bad weather, Maybe that's more apt than others. I think the expectation would have been with a large spread for Ohio State and a huge talent disparity over Northwestern that they could maybe look, make it look more easy than they did today. But they found a way to do it with defense and C.J. Stroud running late, and they got a 14-point win on the road, and they went to 9-0. and And that is the sunny outlook on what happened today. You know, so often when there is rain or snow or whatever, we call it like an equalizer, right? And it, it lets things kind of level where the team that executes the best and cares the most wins. Ohio State didn't execute the best and didn't seem to care at all and still found a way to win because the talent gap between these two teams is so large. But there is not a lot of positive you can take from this game for Ohio State. Ryan Day postgame said, you know, this offensive tape doesn't matter. And I totally agree with that on offense i really do i i think that you can toss it the defensive tape is a concern to me um i watched ohio state get gashed up the middle by northwestern on a day when there was not a chance in hades that northwestern was going to throw the ball and ryan day and his talking about his offense saying oh well they were loading the box they had nine they had extra guys why didn't you have extra guys in the box and, uh, and, if, and why, yeah. if that's the case, like you, they they took their quarterback off the field for sixty percent of the time. There was no threat of the pass, and the Buckeyes allowed them to run for two hundred yards. I said that to Bill, and he can weigh in on that right now. Where it was, it was strange that Ohio State was slow to match the personnel. They were playing nickel. There wasn't even a quarterback on the field. Yeah, so I'm I'm not. I think playing nickel is fine. If you're even if you're playing a team that likes to even play like twelve personnel and wants to run the ball, I think you can be an effective defense when you want to play nickel against that. When a team has six offensive linemen on the field and two jumbo tight ends look like they weigh three hundred pounds, the quarterbacks on the sideline and their running backs by himself in the backfield, like you have to match that. And there was two like back to back plays. There was like nineteen yards, ten yards. I'm like, why are there still only two linebackers in the field? And then they brought on get uh, Cody Simon and Pallier and Oteote, and it's like, okay, well, that makes much more sense, and I think they got off the field on that drive. It was just, like, slow adjustments on on that side of the ball. I'm kind of in agreement with Berm where you saw run game struggles again today that have have not gone away, have seemingly not gotten any better. Um, I think there's some stuff to talk about with the right guard position, Um, but I came away from this game more concerned, and concerned might even be, be the wrong word, but, like, that was a not great defensive performance in a game against an offense that was wholly one-dimensional. Yeah, I think, I think though it was primarily driven by whatever was causing Jim Knowles to slowly adjust the personnel and also yes. massive, continuing, ongoing problems playing the wrong defensive lineman. Please, Larry Johnson, stop. You're doing it wrong. I, I told Bill uh, after the game that there was a moment in that third quarter, Ohio State goes up 14-7, to seven, they end up getting the ball back, but they punt. They knock Northwestern out of bounds at the four-yard line. A great punt by Jesse Merkel. Holy crap, that was yeah. a great, great kick. Yeah, he performed really well. I told Bill, it reminded me of 2018 at Michigan State in that moment. I thought, okay, you, you pin him back inside the five. If you remember that game, Haskell yeah. Garrett got the interception in the end zone. Buckeyes kind of put some space between them in a game where the weather was crappy, and you just really wanted to get out of there. 
I thought for a moment that you could see something very similar in this game at that moment. And then I watched as four defensive linemen who are not the best players at their position went out onto the field and they gave up six yards on the first run and then it gave up a 70-yard drive that ends up being stopped on a fourth down because Northwestern eventually ran out of steam, I think, of their own. But, like, you had an opportunity to end this game right there and to put out guys that are just not better than the players they're playing in front of. And I don't know if it's ego management. I don't know if it's just Larry Johnson being stubborn. You, I'm not really the type to pile in on this type of stuff, but that's a major problem, and you got to stop doing it. You just have to. So the other thing I was going to say before you jump back in, Bill, is that setting those two things aside, like the play that, that Pallier Neoteote made on the fourth down stop, they had to do third and one and follow that up. Two key plays at a, a tough situation. The defense did answer with the stops there. Like, yeah. And – and so I do think that there were concerning things about the rush defense, but if we're, if I'm going to assign, I think those were coaching issues and not so much execution issues for Ohio State on Saturday. So if you're asking, if the question is, does this impact November 26th? I would say probably not. I don't, I don't think I'm going to go crazy reacting to it because the effort was really good. They made a ton of tackles and they had to do it over and over and over against the rush. Not easy, not fun. I think that part, I'm probably more encouraged by than I thought I would be at halftime. That's a fair point, um, which makes me want to like, I want, I want to be clear, like I don't think the defense was terrible. There were some really good singular performances. And when the starters were out there, I think for the most part it looked okay. I just don't understand. It's one thing, I think we're requesting had like 80 plays or close to yeah. 80 plays today. You, you have to rotate a little bit. Like you're not going to ask JT Tulumolo out to play 80 snaps. But you also have to structure it in a way where he's not on the sideline standing next to Larry Johnson at the, the fourth quarter, moments, yeah. but it's still fourteen to seven. Like, they also got a quarter break, yeah. and he still left. And those he's still, like I just and Mike Hall plays eleven snaps. Like I just I don't understand it. I'm I'm in favor of of rotation as a means to make sure your best players are fresh for the end of the game. But then when the end of the game comes, put your best players out there. Like I know they just seem to be throwing guys out there haphazardly, and then like oh it's time for JT to take a break. Like when it's his turn, it's the fourth quarter in a seven point game, and that's not when that should happen. So um, I, you're right. It's more to me about coaching decisions. Name, name me with that. I felt like there were a couple times where Northwestern early was was looked like the Oregon game. They were kind of getting them into the short side of the field. Ohio State adjusted pretty well to that. Um, I, it was, I think Northwestern had like three and a half yards per play. Like they weren't gashing them all day. It's, I, I don't want to overstate what happened here, but um, there are some things, I guess, where if you say to yourself, we're going to operate this way on November 26th, like, well, that's not going to work. Yeah. Well, my concern is exactly that. And because if you think about what Penn State did, that spread power run game is a seems to be a, a potential issue because with Penn State, you had at least a threat of the pass and you could understand it. And plus they have two high-level running backs. Everything is geared and pointed at November 26th. So when you think about Michigan and the way that they run their offense, the spread power run offense. A lot of gaps. A lot of gaps and a much, much, much better running back than Ohio State has seen all year. And there's a lot of those plays today that are 13-yard runs that are 70-yard touchdowns on November 26th. And that, to me, is the concern. Uh, Poor tackling again in the first half, especially by Ohio State. I don't know what's causing that. That seemed like something that's just popped up in the last few weeks. And as you mentioned, I don't know if Matt Jones is just not healthy, but I look out there from the field and more often than not, after a run play, I see him laying on his stomach um, away from the play and I don't understand what's going on. I thought Ohio State was going to adjust and take a shot earlier. Bill and I talked about this on Tuesday. One of our questions for the week was if Matt Jones had any moments of struggle, 
would Enoch Vamahi or Josh Fryer get an opportunity? And Matt Jones had a holding a call on the very first play of the game. And Enoch Vamahi came in, and I was like, well, cool. We, yeah. That's sort of the thing that we had an, an eye on. Yeah, actually gonna the do shoe it. fell off. Yeah, and then two plays later, he's back out there. Again, because the shoe is like three sizes too big, too large because his foot is injured. So if he's injured, like, try something else. It might be, it might be the right time to give a break. Yeah, do something else. Try something else. So now that we are into the running game, I think that's one issue. They've got to look at the blocking. I thought the play calling, again, in the first half was pretty predictable, and that's putting everybody that's trying to execute in a tougher spot. Once they added other elements... Hey, look what happens if you get a Mecca Ibuka on a jet sweep. What what happens if you you let CJ Stroud keep it once in a while? And it is more of a let situation than a desire. I think that's very clear. And certainly Ryan Day addressed that uh, when I asked him about it after the game. They look, they don't want him to have to do it. Today they had to. Like they were running out of ideas and he was not able to throw today. Um, the wind, if you if you didn't notice, yeah. was horrific. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it that's it was that's rough i mean that that wind was consistently 30 miles an hour and then every three or four seconds it just gusts to 50 and then stop again and then go back to 50 that is not conducive to throwing the ball at all i actually thought cj put the ball in some spots in the first half where she should have made some some plays i lost count of the drops and we had you know Amaka abuka obviously drops a touchdown i mean that one gets kind of wiped away because Mayan williams had the 20-yard mm-hmm. touchdown run after yeah but kate stover struggled to see the ball or catch the ball julian fleming had the same issues uh I, i'm not entirely sure that I don't, I don't know how much the wind plays into that when you're watching a ball move through the air and it's moving in different ways i assume that's part of the struggle but I actually thought CJ, for the most part, threw it pretty well, if all things considered. It just did not get going. I mean, even just, it was so disjointed at times. I mean, even on the first pop pass, they ran to Ibuka. They had to, he had to stop in the yeah. backfield because the, the snap wasn't there when it was supposed to be. And so, then it was like, hey, heads up, Northwestern. It's going to be a pop pass. Play. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm conti- my biggest issue is that it just doesn't look like this team is – getting better in November, and that is what you have to do. And uh, I don't want to overreact to it. There are positives, but not a great day. Uh, I talked to Emeka Ibuka um, underneath the stands down there outside the media room while Ryan Day was talking and asked about the drops. And he said, which I thought was an impressive answer. He said, like, so, like, we're, he basically said, like, we're so good, sometimes it comes very easy to us. And that can cause lapses in fundamentals. And he said their eye discipline was bad today. And I think the wind was part of it. He said the ball was getting on them at different speeds. just like the timing was thrown off slightly, and they lost a little bit of concentration. And that's what he said happened on his drop. And I guess what he attributed to the other, what were there, three or four other drops in this yeah. game too. So um, I do think the wind plays a factor, but Emeka has kind of owned it more himself and said, like, we just got to be honed in more on the fundamentals and stuff like that happens. Yeah, I don't – I don't really know what to make of it. Um, I don't know that you're right or wrong, Berm, about them not getting better heading into November because last the win over Penn State was probably more significant than I gave it credit for in real time. And today is unlikely, I think, to be duplicated again. So, you know, I, I guess the win could blow uh, on November 26th, but I don't, I don't expect it's going to be to this extent. And we've seen C.J. Stroud be very good in poor conditions throwing the football again and into your and you brought up the point you thought that he was today. So I think we're gonna have another six days to talk about the running game. I mean Travion Henderson was unavailable for this, hadn't been playing at peak uh, productivity anyway. Mine Williams at least early didn't look like he had his normal burst. 
finished strong. Got it going, though. Yeah. yeah, got it going. Uh, I think once he got into the flow of the game and they kept sticking with him instead of trying down Hayden or Chip train him there, which that paid off for them. And That is a frustration point for me, by the way. Yeah, hit it. Like, they're not a good or they're not an efficient running team, but then it seems like the second they start to get a little bit of rhythm, Ryan's like, okay, let's throw the ball eight times. It's like, I get <laughs> it. Like, it's these toys are fun to play with, but take the conditions into account. And, like, once you get that thing rolling, stick with it. I don't throw it trying to throw a uh 20 yard play action pass into the wind on third and two after you finally got your run game going was a puzzling decision i know that was your favorite as well. yeah, i'm not trying to put weird. any makeup on this pig like this is an ugly game you get out of here with the wind that's good and great yeah you're nine and oh you have a chance now to go home uh, and and settle things back to normal a little bit hopefully in a better weather situation against indiana but you, you do have a couple things now that are just spiking and you're like, okay, that has happened too often to be considered an anomaly at this mm-hmm. point. And so now you just better find an answer because again, everything is about November 26th. So because the Buckeyes proved today, like if you look at the score sheet, it's every statistic Northwestern should have won this game, except for the fact that they are not as talented as Ohio State. I mean, they had 80 plays of offense, as you said, they had the ball for almost 40 minutes compared to Ohio State. Um, they ran the ball for four and a half yards of carry, which coming into the game was a total shock, same as Ohio State. Um, they just didn't have a guy who could make the winning play like Mayan Williams did, like Emeka Abuka did, and like C.J. Stroud like did. Like C.J. Stroud did. And that's so that, that really is the difference in this game. And you have a couple guys that are, are just that much better that make the individual play. And overall, I thought the Buckeyes just – I said it before the game in, on, on the pregame show. You can't hit the snooze button today. You had to come in here and bring your own juice, and they did not. They didn't do that. No, and huh, there's no excuses for that. Like, we saw them struggling with it. They were kind of puzzled. Northwestern didn't come out onto the field until, like, 45 minutes before kickoff. They refused to play music while Ohio State was out there warming up. Like, there was some hijinks going on for that that was, like, trying to lull Ohio State to sleep. But as I as I wrote in Snap Judgments on OhioState.Rivals.com, like, they walked into the trap. Like, they knew that they should beat Northwestern easily. Uh, they knew that uh, the weather was the weather was going to be bad. They looked into all that. Like they, they thought it was going to be easier, and they tricked themselves into it after a week of saying, "Well, it's about us. It's about us. It's about us." Uh, clearly, they were they they took some of the bait and got distracted by that. But again, they won, so they're yeah. not. I don't know. It, you know, it, it feels like I don't like cliches like this is a a letdown game after the big emotional win at Penn yeah, State, sure. but. These things are real, and that is what, you know, we saw that happen uh, back in 2017 against Iowa. You you make the, you have the big win against Penn State, <laughs> and all of a sudden you come back and, whew, we got through it. Now we can think about Michigan. And no matter what they do and say during the week, it, human nature, and that's why I, I'm going to go back to what Jim Knowles said on, on Tuesday, where he was talking about the final drive of the game for Penn State last week, the, the difference between or the fight between human nature and coaching. And these players have to deal with the same thing. You know Northwestern's not as good as you. And so it is hard to get amped up for this. I'm telling you, this atmosphere sucks. It was bad. Like, it is a crappy place. Like, uh, you walk uh, – I was listening to Buckeyes players. This feels like high school. I've played – I've played. you know, this might be worse than the high school field I played in. Yeah. Multiple times people are like, what are we doing here? Like, this, this is not a Big Ten environment. And you have to be better than that. The best news out of all of this – is that we never have to come back to this dump. They're tearing it down, and nobody has to worry about it again. So but the wind might knock it down. It might. It might <laughs> come today. There might not actually be 
a senior day against Illinois. It's like American beauty out there. Yeah, it's <laughs> truly insane what's happening out there. Major props to Berm for shooting that game. He's got a lot of photos that you can check out. I don't know how he did it. Um, he survived. He advanced. So did Ohio State. 21-7 to against Northwestern. This has been Snap Judgments uh, on the podcast. A lot more coverage coming your way at ohiostate.rivals.com. You can join for a free month in the stretch for, with code DTE30. Come hang out with us there. That's Bill Berm. I'm Austin. We will see you back in Columbus, Ohio on Monday.